Fake is so exhausting. It's all around us. It's in us. We've talked about fake news and how to identify that because uh, when we get caught up with that, it actually shapes us. It shapes our behavior, our attitude, uh, the way we, way we look at our world. Uh, we spent a couple weeks looking at fake feelings and what to do with them, how to decode feelings when they're fake, when they're perceptions, or, or when they're real. Uh, God has given them to us, and we need to figure out what they mean, and we've talked about that. You see, this idea of fakeness and getting through it and getting on the other side of it, or at least living on the other side of it, is just so important to our lives because it, it just wipes us out. Uh, Jesus spoke to this idea about uh, you know, the truth and the idea of being released from fakeness to a, a genuine life when he says, if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. And really, that's what our series is about, and we're kind of in the middle of it. It's about releasing more freedom into our lives as we embrace truth. And those of us who uh, have a little understanding of who Jesus is, Jesus actually describes himself as truth. And as we have more truth in our life, as we lean into that, in a sense, we open up more of him into our lives because we're operating, we're, we're looking at life from his perspective. And often, many times, for those of us who have uh, been around the church world for a long time, or those of us who have heard about it and might just be visiting, trying to figure out what it means to have faith, a lot of us think when we lean into God and His ways and His direction, it actually limits life. It shuts life down. But as we're discovering, as, as we lean into truth, as we lean into His ways, it actually gives us more freedom for life. And so today we're going to come face to face with the idea of truth in friendship. Uh, trying not to, in a sense, be a fake friend or be relying on fake friends. And, and this is really a tough one. We're going to be talking about this this week. I'm going to get going in it and we're going to conclude it next week. Uh, but, but this is hard for us because when, when the truth is absent in our relationships, um, things happen. When someone is not honest with us and genuine with us, or vice versa, we're not honest and genuine with others, things can happen. Things like this. You see, those people had some friends that said they could sing, and they believed them. And then those friends went to that audition. Or they said to their friends, what do you think? And the friend was just not truthful. Some of the contestants you hear will say their family said they could sing. They say their church said they could sing. Some arena, somebody wasn't really accurate with them, and, and that's what happens. 
So I'm telling you today, someone in this room might end up on American Idol if you don't have true people in your lives because they're going to they're gonna tell you things or they're going to go, that's okay. They're going to give you the nod and they're not going to give you the reality. They're not going to be honest with you. They're not going to be genuine with you. They're not going to say, hey, have you really heard what you sound like? And it's fun to maybe look at American Idol and see that, that going on, but there's other areas in life where that shows up. You see, we, we need a few people that actually can not be fake with us, can be honest with us, can be genuine with us. And, and this can be hard. Not everyone that you are friendly with is your friend. Sometimes we confuse that. And, and that's not a bad thing. You can't have a million friends. You can be friendly with lots of people. You ought to be friendly with lots of people. But this idea of being a friend, and when you and I really are a friend with another person, then uh, we can say the, the hard things. And it's funny, listen to the, the judges as they speak into these people's lives. Verse in the chorus, please. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day when it's cold outside. I've got the middle of May. Well, I guess you say what can make me feel this way, my girl. Stephen, 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 stop. That was terrible. I mean, seriously terrible. Paula? <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I thought it was really bad, too. Uh, you may be um, somewhat, there's, there's a phrase called tone deaf. If you like me sing one of my original songs. No, I couldn't hear anymore. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. we, we've, honestly Stephen, without being rude, we've heard enough. I, I believe I invest in America, and I believe I can do a lot for this country. I love song music, and I love performing. Okay. Okay. All right. Great, why don't you give us, give well, why don't you start with whatever song you want. As I look into your eyes, I tell you what I see. Girl, you're the one I'm going to keep in my dreams. I want to hold. You want to hear the chorus? No, I couldn't hear anymore. Okay. <laughs> Best singer in America. Oh, yeah. Right. I can honestly say you are the worst singer in America. <laughs> Truthfully. Oh, that's my first audition. So. Well, I'm not surprised, and it should be your last. That way. Okay. I just want to be somebody's product. I want you guys to recreate me. Well, this is a pen, not a magic wand. You have to start with a modicum of talent. Wow, huh? But you know, we need Simons in our lives. Maybe a little softer, maybe a little nicer, but we absolutely do need Simons in our lives. All those people, I can guarantee, at some time were singing in their living room, their family was gathered around, and they said, fantastic, go for it, you're great. And then they go, and then that happens. You see, that's a fake friend. You know, Simon, Paula, Randy, they're not even friends, but at least they're, they're being honest. And, and you would think that one of the marks of true friendship is that you can name the elephant in the room, that you can say it, you can be that person, because I don't know about you, I mean, I want it in a nice package, 
but, but I, I, want, I want my close friends to say things to me so I don't end up on American Idol. Singing like that, and now some pastor showing clips from it saying how terrible they were. You, you see, you see we, we need friends in our lives that, that can be that way. You look at Proverbs 27.5, that's page 456 in the little Bible you'll find around you. We'll also have the scriptures up on the screen. If you want a Bible and don't have a Bible, you can, you can take that Bible as a gift from Seneca Community Church if you want a paper Bible. Also, we strongly recommend YouVersion. It's a fantastic app tool that's free that puts, your, puts the Bible in your hand wherever you are. Put it on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, and you can have it with you. But uh, Proverbs 27.5, Solomon says this. He says, better is a open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So unpack that a little bit. It's better to have someone say what's really going on than to have hidden love. Than to say, oh, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Now, there's a time for that. There's a right, we're going to get them more into the how-to next week, but... Hidden love, hidden, I don't want to rock the boat, hidden, I don't want to say this, is, is, is not a good thing. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Friend, someone that's on your side, someone that doesn't have a hidden agenda. The only agenda in their life is that you'll be the best you can be at whatever you are. That kind of friend. We, we all need those kinds of people in our lives. But the table gets turned when the enemy kind of encourages, kind of doesn't mention the elephant in the room. Says you're a great singer. Multiplies kisses. You get to the other side of it and you wished there'd been maybe a little bit of stepping on my toes so I avoided whatever. And the enemy doesn't do that. The enemy... In some ways, and sometimes it's because we're scared of this, but the enemy uh, sometimes lets us get set up. And so sometimes it seems to me that when someone doesn't speak, oh, I knew that was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. Why didn't you say it? It almost feels like they, they were an enemy to me because they, did, they saw something and they didn't say anything. Now we're going to see later on that you know, we can send the message to other people I don't want to hear it from you. So we can have someone who's a friend who actually comes alongside us and says something to us, and our reaction says, don't ever go there. So some of us have been friends, and we've tried to speak into our friend's life, and we've got burnt a little bit. But, but this idea of not saying things, I mean, even, even the donkey from Shrek gets it. He goes, only a true friend would be truly honest. Barry, you see in that clip, but there's a situation where, 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 where um, Shrek is just honest with the donkey, and it hurts. But he says, again, a true friend would be honest. A true friend w would actually say something, wouldn't just avoid it. We see this again, continuing on with um, American Idol. Well, you are very, very outgoing, and you woke us up, that's for sure. Nice comments. <laughs> I, I personally don't feel that you're the next American Idol. Stephanie, you're not a very good singer. 
I'm sorry? I don't think you're a very good singer. I think you're lying through your teeth. In my expertise as a producer, having worked with some of the greatest singers ever to grace the planet, uh-huh. Mariah, Whitney, Aretha, Celine, all of these women. Stephanie, you're not a very good singer. I think I am, I'm sorry. Please believe us, Stephanie, it wasn't great. You haven't left the cheese company. No, but I did tell him now that I'm on national television that... Uh... Well, tell them the good news is you're going to be back on Monday. <laughs> Stephanie, thanks a lot. Yes or no? Oh, yes or no? that's so sad. No for Hollywood. I... No. So I, I think that you have a pretty voice, but I think that you need a lot more vocal training. Well, listen, sweetheart, <laughs> I don't really care about your opinion. I really could care less because I'm 22 years old and I'm beautiful and I can sing. So. I really don't care what you think. Okay. And I'm going to be a star, and you have my number. And if you change your mind, give me a call. Ciao. Maybe Woo! We've, maybe we've made a mistake. I think we may have made a mistake. We've made a big mistake. <laughs> we laugh. But some of us have had the same response, a little more polished, a little not looking so self-centered as she did. And then some of us on the other side are scared to say anything because we've had that friend say chow to us, bye, or, or, or we're scared that they will say bye to us. And so we don't say anything. And you see the arrogance of these two uh, women, you know, thinking that, that they, they do have it. They are, and, and they don't. And it's dangerous when you and I put ourselves in a place where we don't want to hear some from somebody else, or when we're not willing to be heard to that person. Again, Solomon says, those who trust their own insight are foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. And the idea of walking in wisdom is walking with people who have wisdom. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they always make the right call. But it means people that you actually can say most of the time they're wise. And so I'm going to listen to them. Or we're that kind of person that, that doesn't. And I've said in other messages before, you know, we can stack the deck. I can present an idea to somebody that I know is going to respond the way I want them to respond. I can present it in certain ways so they'll say, go for it. So I'm not talking about that kind of a thing. But we need to have people that speak into our lives, and we need to be people that speak into other lives. And, and when that's not, we may be friendly with that person, but they're not a friend. Because friendship really needs to be this two-way kind of a thing. And there's a couple things we've touched on them already that make two-way friendship hard, make it difficult. But uh, we, we shouldn't, just because it's difficult, doesn't mean we should give up on it. We should pull back on it. Especially as Christ followers, we're not supposed to be spiritual orphans. God wants us to be a part of his assembly, his group of Christ followers. He doesn't just put us by ourselves. We're supposed to have this relationship, be a part of this community where, where this kind of thing can naturally over time happen. 
That's one reason we're so uh, bullish on the idea of community groups. Because on a Sunday morning, you, you can't have this. You can't have this kind of thing over a cup of coffee. Uh, you can keep your guard up for the most time so people don't see what you really are or your attitudes and those kinds of things. But you get into someone's living room, you do things with people, and all of a sudden, the sum of the real you drips out. And that actually is a good thing because then you can have friends that can say, hey, what's up with this? And vice versa. So one of, one of the reasons it's hard is there's this distorted view of nice. That it's just not nice saying something. It's just not a nice thing. I was out to breakfast one time with a, a friend of mine. Uh, you've, we've had him speak here a couple times, Ryan Bankson, and uh, just a great friend of mine. And we're out at this uh, restaurant, The Corner View, and all of a sudden I notice he has this nasty thing in his teeth. I mean, it's just nasty. I mean, every time he opens his mouth, it's like, you know, and part of me is like, ooh, should I say something? Should I say something or should I let him go through the whole day with this nasty thing in his mouth? And for some reason, I was a little hesitant. And finally, I said, okay, Ryan, Ryan, you got something really gross and stuck in your teeth. Get rid of it. You know, or I could have just let him go through and let, and let him just live his whole day with this nasty thing hanging out of his, his teeth. Because some of us feel, well, it's not nice to point that out. Actually, if you see anything nasty hanging off my body, you know, besides my actual body, but if you see anything like, if you see anything like, if you see anything like see my teeth or, or whatever, you know, uh, you know, please don't call it out right now. But, you know, in private, you know, say, hey, Dave, did you know, you know, you know, I, I don't, I, that's not, that actually is being the opposite of nice to me. And it's funny to think about something stuck in your teeth. What's about something stuck in your emotional makeup? What about your heart? What about the tough things? Are there people in your life, are you that kind of a person to somebody else that actually would say something? And what's hard about this is, I don't have any scientific statistics, but at least in my life, I find most people aren't mature enough to handle it. So maybe 75% of these interchanges where I finally get the guts up to say something, uh, it doesn't always go well. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't say anything. Doesn't mean that. You know, again, this whole thing of, of uh, being nice, we read a message, uh, Matthew 7, 1. It says, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. And that's, not, that, that's, that's being a picky person. That's being judgmental. I'm not, I'm not talking about those things. That's not riding someone all the time. But when something's out of whack, it's not being nice not to say anything. You're setting that person up. I can tell you story after story after story where there's been character things that were kind of nasty and nobody says anything. And that person lives that bent that way for years. And then sometimes as a pastor, I get, I get exposed to that, and I, I need to talk with that person, and I find out that everyone in their life, their friends, all know it. But no one dares say anything. Some of that's because they think it's not being nice, and some of that, they're afraid to death of that person's reaction. Those who correct others will later be liked even more than those who give false praises. 
because they see something. Uh, the people that we don't see on American Idol that never got past the living room, they're happy. When they see that video, they go, wow, that could have been me. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, brother. Thank you, friend, for saying, eh, you know, maybe at a party, maybe somewhere else, maybe at church, whatever, singing, but, but not, not on national TV. You don't want to do that. Do, do we really believe these concepts? Also, there's a distorted view of responsibility. We wonder, you know, am I, is it really my responsibility to, to say something? Uh, this is what Cain said when he, he had taken his brother's life, Abel, and he basically says, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that is, yes, yes. Huh. But we're so easily offended. We're, we're so, that's not a part of my deal. But, but if something's not going right, and they're your brother, they're your they're friend, not just friendly, but they're your friend. We need, we need to say something. It is our responsibility. I, I hate this next verse in Leviticus. It says this, confront your neighbor, those who are close to you, directly so you will not be held guilty for their crimes. What? So if I see somebody that's a close friend... And, and I have never said anything to them about this whatever, I'm kind of responsible for the outcome. Now, again, if he's a friend and he continually sends the message, I don't want you to do that, and you're trying to be friends with him, it's a little different. But, but just out of the gate, normally, is, 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 is we have some responsibility there. Don't like hearing that, but, but th that's the reality. So when we see someone getting ready to make a bad decision, I've told you about my friend Dave Lobley, friend 10 years, well, no, friend forever, but uh, from five years old on. But uh, when he was 32, he finally found Mrs. Wright. In four weeks, they were engaged to be married in, in four more months. I'm 32, and I've already been married 10 years, and we're having this, uh, he's up visiting, bringing this girlfriend, saying, what do you think? She's nice, but I'm scared to death. You don't do that normally. So finally, I get the courage. We're up at a place where it's just the two of us, and I say, Dave, if you were anybody else, came into my office with the story you're unfolding before me, I would say, slow down. But I was scared to say that. But if I hadn't said that, Three years later, and the marriage is just blowing up. How, how good is it for me to go, yeah, Dave, yeah, I kind of knew that. You knew that? Well, why didn't you say anything? Now, in Dave's case, it all worked out. He's been married, you know, 20 years, has three daughters. It's kind of funny. We have three daughters, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's good. But, but I had to say that. I had to package it in the right way, but I, I had to, because I felt that I would be responsible for the outcome as his good friend, if I didn't say anything. And I had no idea. I mean, he had waited a lot of years to find the person that he wanted to be with. 
And uh, he had waited and waited and waited. I mean, this guy was so organized. He already had his diamond ring fund saved up before he even met. I mean, he had all, you know, he was just, he was just like, jink, 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 jink. and I was scared to death. I said, this girl sees this guy who's got money, and uh, woo, it's, you know, you know, this is a great life, you know, all this stuff. But, but again, I felt I would be responsible. Um, also, we have a distorted view of Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Sometimes we take that and we work in another way. We hear this first, even, even those people who aren't churchgoers or, or are not Christ followers, whenever you sometimes say something just in general, they say, you know, don't judge or you too will be judged. Judging's bad. But really what God's getting about or what Jesus is getting into is don't be judgmental. For that same tone, the same way you, were, you judge others, you will be judged. And the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Don't be, don't be judgmental like that. Um, don't be that way. But, but then we think, a distorted view of Matthew 7, 1, that we shouldn't say anything. No, if you go through Scripture, there's all these moments where you've got to make a clear judgment call. Is this correct or is this not correct? Is this right or is this not right? You're asked to do that all the time. So you can't let one little phrase that's in a different context seem like it can free you from making judgments. Not being judgmental, not putting somebody down, but just, you know, you know, I'm not putting Dave down when I say, wow, usually these kinds of things don't end well. That, that's not being judgmental. That's, that's, being, that's being observant. And that's speaking into my friend's life. But again, on and on and on again, we hear this idea that that's, that's judgmental. We won't listen to her this week. <laughs> One of the questions we do have to ask ourselves, is the issue unbiblical, unwise, unimportant, or is it you? A little bit similar to the concept we worked over this summer when we talked about, can a Christian do this? And we asked ourselves where it fit on, uh, on this, this matrix we were looking at. But we have to ask ourselves, is it, is it out of alignment with what Scripture says? Is it, is it just unwise? Is, is the issue unimportant? Sometimes there's something that bugs us or we see something in somebody else's life, and it's just unimportant. We ought to let it ride. There's a verse that says, love covers over a multitudes of sins, of wrongs. And sometimes, sometimes that can even boil down to just, just preferences. So if it's unimportant, that, that's not what we're talking about. Or sometimes it's you. Sometimes I have a hang-up because of my experiences in life that I project on somebody else. And when I want to get after somebody else, I'm projecting my failure, my problem, my immaturity, my whatever on somebody else. And that, it's, it's all me. And in those cases, keep my mouth shut. I should know myself well enough or be in the process of getting to know, to know wait a minute, this is more a hang-up about Dave Spencer than this person I'm talking to. So if it's unbiblical and wise, that means you, you need to know your Bibles. You need to download that app. You need to read it. You need to understand the context. And then there's just some things that are just, just unwise. Sometimes we call that, it's stupid. You know? So, so if, those, if those are the issues, then we speak. But if it's, if it's unimportant or it's just us, then, then we keep our minds or our mouths shut. Uh, basically, this is what Jesus is saying. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when all the time there's a plank a board in your own eye. 
you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And sometimes we've got planks in our own eye, and we think we see something in somebody else's eye, and we first need to deal with ourselves. Yet at the same time, we can't use this as an excuse. In the last few months, I was talking with someone, and I was coming up to the line. I said, I've got to say this to this person. And I said it to the person, and immediately once I said it to the person, they looked right back at me and said, you do the same thing. Hmm, now I have to be really mature. I have to say, do I do the same thing or not? I have to ask that question because it's very possible. Or is this just a deflection of of them wanting me to get off their back? And uh, in that case, I think it was them wanting me to get off their back. So, you you know, this this is... adult stuff we're dealing with we have to be adults and we're you know we have to really think it through this this is not this is not for the for the immature to walk through these waters and, and because as christ falls especially when we get together as churches we haven't done a good job at this we're 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 we're, we're babies when it comes to this we can recite verses we can do all this stuff but we can't do this stuff we, we can't listen to someone else speak into our lives, and, and we, we, can't, we can't speak into somebody else's lives. It, it's where, where there's a dysfunction to not being able to do this. So those are just some of the reasons why it's, it's hard. But as we continue to go through, we're going to see it's necessary real quickly. Um, why two friendship, why two-way friendship in my life? Why is this even needed? I'll just kind of be to myself. I kind of won't want to be involved in this. Well, first of all, uh, Jesus lived it. Jesus demonstrates it. Jesus came to the planet. He came to be a part of our lives. He, he is full of this thing called grace and truth. And because he's full of this thing called grace and truth, it's just not 50-50. He's full of both. And the way he interacts with his world, the people in his world, as we look at the first four books of the New Testament, is we see grace and truth all the time. Just the right fullness of both of those things and because jesus lived us if you are a jesus follower then these things ought to be reflected in our life because we follow him if you're not a jesus follower you get a pass on this but if you are a jesus follower you too are to be full of grace and truth and it's a fine fine dance Again, grace is understanding, acceptance, and love received from another. And so sometimes we've got to uh, accept those and then also offer love to others. And, and we, 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 we accept a person. We don't accept their actions, but, but we, we administer grace to them and love. And we send that that way. We're, we're full of grace the way we interact. But being full of grace doesn't mean that we hold back the truth. Because ultimately, like we've talked about already, when we withhold grace or when we withhold the truth because we think we're being graceful, we are setting that person up. They're going to go on American Idol because you were grace. You didn't want to say what you were thinking. And not, you, know, you should say what you're thinking every time, but there are times to say what you're feeling and you are thinking. Um, that one girl, she goes back in, watch this. Hollywood. Well, that means, but I think, I think is, that's a prerequisite. I'm so good, to, though. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. We know. Uh, we just, she's... Are you going? Is she sending her in? <clears throat> um, 
man. Hello? Do you have a twin? It's funny. She goes back in. <laughs> She's not satisfied with the answer. She believes that they're not seeing who she is and all those kinds of things. And it's funny. What do those two guys do? They go, yeah, you, you are good. You know, they, they kind of like, they don't say, no, no. They, they kind of feed it. And so sometimes we err in the side of grace and we feed something and we don't give the truth. Because, see, truth is that which is reliable and can be trusted. What those two guys said in the ready room area out there was not truth. It was not reliable and not at a place that it could be trusted. So we need to walk that balance. We need to be graceful and truthful. And then likewise, we need to receive truth. We need to receive grace. Jesus lives it also. Uh, love requires it. Love requires it. Paul, when he wrote the Corinthians, says this, How painful it was to write this letter. Heartbroken, I cried over it. I didn't want to hurt you, but I wanted to know how very much I love you. Rebuke, speaking into, saying something that needs to be said, discipline, whatever it may be. Some of you have probably experienced as a little boy, I would experience sometimes my dad would allude that this was going to hurt him more than it hurt me when I got an adjustment, uh, attitude adjustment across the backside, and, and I, never, I never bought into that. But it does if you love your kids, if you love people in your life and you have to say some hard things, uh, it's painful. You'd rather skip it. You'd rather avoid it. Some of it's because we're chicken, and some of it is we just, we just, we just don't want to hurt the other person. And, and I think it's actually a good, a good place to start with being a little bit of a chicken and then saying things. Sometimes I meet people that have no fear about telling how somebody else is out of line. That, that's a whole other story. But if you really love per a person, you're going to have grace and truth. Also, growth forces it. If you're growing as a Christ follower, this is a part of interacting with, with your world. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. So in other words, it's, it's not just helping the other person growing up. For me, as a, as a leader, and, you know, this has been at this for a number of years now, when I, was, when I was a lot younger, you know, it was a sign of my immaturity that I wouldn't say something. And then after I got to the point where I needed to learn to say something, then I needed to spend and continue to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how to say it in the way that it actually helps growth in the other person's life. It's not to put them in their spot. It's not to put them down. It's not to, to, to punish them. It's to help them grow. Because this is the way Christ functions. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source, hopefully, of everything we do, especially when it gets into these areas of, of speaking into someone's life. But if you're going to grow as a human being, if you're going to mature as a human being, as an adult, this is a part of it. And I don't know about you, but this is one area that, that, that takes growth, and maturity. Our bottom line is this, and again, we're going to expand on this again next week. To stand up for your friend 
sometimes means you need to stand up to your friend. To have a friend, not just an acquaintance. To really love that person, to take responsibility in community for what's going on in that person's life. You you take a stand for them. You're on their side. But occasionally, sometimes, that means you need to stand up to your friend. Not in a confrontational way, but you say, hey, wait a minute. Have you thought about this? What does this mean? What's going on? This is hard stuff. This is mature stuff. But if, as Christ followers, we're going to be out there, if we're going to function as a church family, if we're going to go on a mission trip, I'm sure you could talk to, to, to Angel and the leaders of these trips, and there's times where they're for a person, but there's times where they got to say, hey, wait a minute, we can't go in this direction. It's, it's just a part of life. If we're going to have that, if we're going to do that, if we're going to make a difference in people's lives, we, we've got to actually be working on this in our own lives. Would you please pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that uh, you take a stand for us. Your son came for us. But we also thank you that there are times where you stand up to us, where you speak into our lives and say, hey, 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 don't go that way or go that way. Lord, we thank you that you model that for us. And we ask that you would help us to be in a place as we walk with you, as we follow your lead, that we start to learn this process of, yes, being a loyal friend, standing up for our friend, but also being at a place where we can stand up to them when when they're going in a direction that just doesn't seem to smell right. And likewise, may we be friends May we have people in our lives that are standing up for us, that are loyal to us. And one of the ways they show that they're loyal to us is that they stand up to us when we've gone off the deep end. Lord, help us to be that kind of a community of Christ followers. Even though it's tough, even though it's hard, help us to be that kind of place. Help us to have a genuineness to our relationships, especially those ones that are so close to us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.